I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to it, everybody. It is your Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. As always, it's Ian Mendes with you in one of the co-host chairs, but... Our good friend Haley Salvian, uh, we're giving her a little bit of time off here in February, as we talked about last week. Uh, Haley is uh, off doing some television studio work with, uh, with with the Olympics here. So uh, we're giving Haley a couple of weeks off here, and we got a great uh, co-host sitting in, Julian McKenzie, jumping in. And Julian's going to be with us for the hour. We're super pumped for this because we talked about Mike Leg on the pod last week. How come they don't call it the Mike Leg? Why do they call it the Michigan or the lacrosse goal. Well, guess what? Mike Legg is going to drop by this Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. We're going to have a fun conversation with him. We'll chat about uh, yeah, kind of the current iteration of the Mike Legg Michigan stuff. That's Trevor Zegers. He was front and center at the All-Star Game. So too was Gary Bettman. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about women's hockey too. Great matchup between Canada and the U.S. set to go at uh, the Beijing Olympics later on Monday. But welcome back, my friend, Julian uh, it is great to have you sitting in and kind of pinch hitting here for Haley Salvian. What do you say? Hey, man. Uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to help out wherever I can. You sound so good as like a broadcaster. It's almost like you've been doing this for like a long time. You're really that's, good at this. Uh, see, that's code for you saying, damn, you're old. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that. I told myself before I went on this podcast today, I will refrain from making old jokes at Ian Mendez. Yeah. That is not an old joke. You that know, is me showing praise to an OG in this game. That's and, me showing praise, but not me calling you old. Oh, you know what? Mike Legg and I are about the same age. So a little later, later in this podcast, you're gonna be you're gonna be outnumbered here, you know, by a couple of guys in their 40s. So then Oh my god. Yeah, then you're gonna yeah, <laughs> look at you. Oh my, oh my god. god. I think Mike, I think Mike mentioned either on air or off air that the goal I think happened like 26 years ago. Yeah, I'm like maybe like a year or two older than. Yeah, that. see, I knew, I knew, I'm glad yeah, <laughs> that was in the pre, that was off the air. But all I could think of is 
uh, in my mind, Julia, don't say that I was 18 months old or I was in diapers <laughs> when Mike Lang scored that I had to hold goal. back. I had yeah. to hold back. You had to hold back. Just like Haley does too. Always makes me feel old. But hey, I want to talk a little bit about the All-Star game this weekend. And, you know, something I talked to with the Sean McIndoe on Thursday was that was just on the heels, Julian, of uh, those comments made by Rocky Woods. Remember Chicago owner Rocky Woods made the comments uh, in that town hall our, our, our Mark Lazarus, I thought, did a terrific job in A, asking the question, and B, writing the follow-up column. And Sean and I, on the Thursday podcast, we said, hey, we played a little Bettman bingo. And we're like, what do we think Gary Bettman's going to say in regards to the Chicago situation? And then as we watch it unfold, Julian, on the weekend, there's not going to be any punishment for Rocky Words. And it really sounds like the NHL is like, hey, the Chicago's doing the best they can. We're going to move past this. There's nothing to see here. I was disappointed by that, but I guess I shouldn't have been surprised. What What was your takeaway from the fact that the league is basically saying, hey, Rocky Wirtz, it's okay. You, you kind of spoke out of passion, but you're doing the right things, and we're just going to move on. I have two thoughts about it. One, um, I was not surprised that he was not disciplined further. Uh, Rocky Wirtz essentially kind of told on himself with how he handled the back and forth with Mark Lazarus that this is about making sure this all goes away and we're just trying to cover this up so no one talks about it as opposed to just being accountable. But it does not surprise me in the slightest that the National Hockey League said, you know what, they've already endured enough. Let's not add on to this further. The second thing I think of is, you know, like, we look at Gary, Gary Bettman, and I feel maybe for certain hockey fans, I don't think it's emphasized enough that Gary Bettman is the guy who speaks for the owners. And the owners are essentially his boss. Because, like, someone will look at Gary Bettman in a moment, like, when he was speaking at the All-Star game and some of the different things he's saying. Like, for years, I know at least for me growing up, you know, the popular thing to do is to just look at Gary Bettman and be like, he's the one making the NHL all bad, or he's the one who doesn't care about this thing, or he's the one who's doing all this stuff. But it was not emphasized to me enough that he is essentially just speaking on behalf of the owners. Not to say he doesn't have his own brain, not to say he doesn't have his own decisions and all that, but I don't think we have enough people who look at the owners of the NHL and look at what they endure and look at how look at what look at what they've put hockey fans through with lockouts and stuff, and have not kind of put their feet to the fire on all of this. I wonder if other NHL owners would have have mentioned even to Gary Bettman about the idea of of saying, "Hey, Rocky Wirtz can't be saying those comments about the Chicago about the the Kyle Beach thing." I mean, that was obviously something that tore a lot of hockey media and a lot of hockey people apart. I wonder what other owners are thinking about it. And I wonder if there was enough pushback from them to say, yo, Rocky Wirtz should not be fit to do the to be in the position that he's in if he's going to say stuff like that. So for Gary Bettman in the NHL to say, you know what, we're not going to discipline him further, I'm not completely surprised at that. But I wonder if when people get upset at the National Hockey League for them not doing this, is that is Gary Bettman the person we should be upset at? Like, I don't think so. It, it's 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 the Blackhawks, obviously. But I also think we need to look at some of the other people around him and think, well, why aren't you saying anything about what's going on and 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 calling out Rocky Wirtz for this? Because I don't think that's a, I don't feel that's OK. I don't think it's something that 
the Blackhawks should be trying to cover up. I mean, between that and and the lawsuits that have since come out uh, from the Rocky Wirtz comments, and and now we learn news that they had to dismiss an AHL trainer because of the fact that uh, sexual sexual there were some allegations around that person, and they eventually had to get rid of them. Like this should be a franchise that should be sanitized. You know what I'm saying? Like this should be a sanitizer, should be cleaned down, and a whole new reckoning should be coming for them. I mean, the NHL can only do so much, but I I don't know if they're necessarily the entity. I don't think it's far enough to just be mad at the NHL and Gary Bettman and Bill Daly that they're not, you know, disciplining Chicago further. I think there are other people we need to put the feet to the fire with. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny you bring up that analogy of, you know, they need a full cleaning. I'm going to use a similar analogy here. It's like they're just using Febreze. It's a yeah. terrible, like the room is bad. And there's a terrible stench. And they're like, well, what if we just put this fabric cleaner and we sprayed it through the air and you're not really necessarily getting to the root of the problem, which might be, as we saw with Rocky Wirtz, it's this feeling like, okay, yeah, 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 we've, we've moved past it. Like there's nothing to see here. No, there is something to see here. And I think you make a really good point about you know, there's other owners in the league that needed to step up, but when's the last, like, it's almost impossible to think, when's the last time an owner spoke out about another owner in the league? And I think that's part yeah. of it. It's an old club of tight guys who, they probably all, to some degree, all of them think to themselves, well, if I speak out about this guy, someone's going to speak out about me, and they all have, skeletons in the closet might be too strong of a term, but maybe they all feel like, well, if I call somebody else out, I'm going to have the light shined on me and maybe I don't want the light shined on me. So it it creates this environment where nobody really calls anybody out and it's and it's really disappointing. I thought the league should have done something to address this other than kind of, hey, there's nothing to see here. But like you said, we shouldn't have really been surprised. And and to that point, I'll, I'll, I'm not... I'm not an idiot here. I realize the Wurtz family and the and the Blackhawks. We're talking about an original six franchise. Yeah. You know, could you imagine if you're part of the Arizona Coyotes ownership group and you step up and you say something about the Wurtz family? And then that next meeting with all the owners, Rocky Wurtz is looking at you differently. Jeremy Jacobs is looking at you differently. Yeah. All these other guys. Like, I mean, you're not just you're not just calling out anybody. You're calling out an owner who remember before the comments. Uh, this is a guy who was seen as a savior in Chicago for taking the franchise from obscurity into a powerhouse of the 2010s. Like a lot of people looked at yep. him very favorably. And and I think also Mark is right when he says that a lot of that goodwill he built up, a lot of it is gone now. So, yeah, I, I will add that as well. But I don't know. Just for me, like I think if you're just looking at the situation and just thinking, man, the NHL, the uh, Gary Bettman, it's all Gary Bettman. He should have done something. I think you're stopping yourself short of what also needs to happen with if you feel that Rocky Wirtz needs to step down. But also, again, I'm not surprised that nothing happened. Yeah. And listen, the Gary Bettman's kind of uh, State of the Union address, one of the storylines that came out of Vegas, I thought the star of the weekend, Julian, was a guy who didn't even play in the game. And that was Trevor Zegras. And we're going to talk mm-hmm. to Mike Legg here uh, momentarily about kind of Trevor Zegras and some of the, the cool things we're seeing young players do. And I loved Trevor Z. First of all, I love Dodgeball, one of my all-time favorite. Great movie. By the way, if I asked you, is yes. Dodgeball a sports movie? What's your answer? Yes or no? It's a sports movie. Okay. I think so too, but I've seen people say, ah, it's not really a sports movie. It is. I, I, How is it I, not a sports movie? I, 
I've heard people say there isn't dodgeball isn't real and all this stuff. But have you played I, dodgeball gym class? Yeah, that's enough for me. Yeah, so but I, I I last played it in like 1993. So, you know. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm not. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. See, I don't saw go what down you tried there. to do that. Yeah. Nope. Um, you're not going to bait me that I, time. I All that to a, say, it's a sports movie. Yeah, I, I I played dodgeball at a time when legitimately teachers probably could have thrown wrenches at you. And, oh my god! You know, as Whoa. as part of the drill, <laughs> that's probably the way it was for me in I'll, the in, in the nineties. I don't know 90s. how it is in Ontario for yeah. these schools, but <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little much for me. Yeah, but I I love what Zegers did. I thought it was fantastic. The creativity. I thought for a split second it was almost like the mascots who came out. Like, they came out too late. Like, I, there was a little bit of a timing issue there for me where I thought, I think the mascots needed to throw more dodgeballs at them. But how does Trevor Zegers not win the shootout competition? And how does Alex Petrangelo win for the lamest attempt out of all of them? That I, I couldn't believe it, honestly. Ian, I have a confession. I have to Uh-oh. Make, okay? Uh-oh. I have a confession. I have a confession here. So I watched the entirety of the All-Star game on the Sunday. I, I sat down, my dad, we we watched, we bonded, we just watched the game. Yeah. I did not sit and watch the broadcast for the skills competition. Skills. Okay. I uh was just hanging out, you know, I had my phone up and uh, you know, I just checked on Twitter momentarily, but I was like playing video games, hanging out with my sister, just binging shows. Like I was just chilling. You know what? I said, you know what? I'll just catch up online and watch whatever comes out of the skills competition. I like checked my phone at one point. And I see the Zegers goal. It's really sick, obviously. I get the the dodgeballs, the blindfold. It would have been funny if they threw like a fake wrench in there, but like it looks perfect. It's amazing. Yeah. Like that video and and the fountain at the Bellagio, those are like the two enduring like viral moments for me. Ian, as we're recording right now uh, on a Monday, I have not seen a video. I have not seen a tweet. I have not seen anything about Alex Petrangelo. I have no clue what he did, and I have not seen the NHL or anyone else try to make any point about it. So, like, you could easily just be some casual dude who just heard Trevor Zegers did something cool, and if you get told, like, hey, man, he didn't win because Alex Petrangelo did something, you might have no idea what he did. And up to this point, I have not seen what he did. I have no clue what he did, and I think that's enough for you, for everyone to know that the NHL got this wrong. And John Hamm, as I understand, he put up the 1-9 just because, you know, of what Alex Petrangelo did at yeah. the Stanley Cup or whatever. We got to think about who judges these events, man, because we need people to take that seriously. Because we need to get to a point where the breakaway competition should be, I guess, it's not going to be the slam dunk competition, but they can at least try to make it close. And if you're going to do that, you have to get people who take this seriously. And I get, you know what? There are some certain things the NHL shouldn't take itself too seriously with. But for something like this, we should not be at a point where Trevor Zegers does an amazing move like that. And then we're just kind of like, oh, yeah, that didn't win because some goal that no one cares to look at or I have not seen any viral video about it won. Like, I, I think that's really weird. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, I'll tell you what, Julian, last week uh, I was doing the show, the pod, uh, as I usually do with Haley. And I said at the, and we were talking about Trevor Zegers going into the All-Star uh, week and, you know, which was more impressive, the Trevor Zegers lacrosse-style Michigan goal that he scored against Montreal or the flip over the net. And I said, just, but before we answer this question, I want to ask you why, like, why do we call that the Michigan or the lacrosse goal? Like, why don't we call it the Mike Leg? I, 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 I think we're given, we're selling Mike Leg short here in hockey history. And so sure enough, as the week went on, Julian, I said to our producer, Chris Flannery, is there any way we could try to track down Mike Leg? So I know you're just as excited as I am, right? To, to do this Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited. Absolutely. Yeah, this is really cool for us. So we say, uh, uh, well, good morning to him because he's out on the West Coast. Uh, we say a good morning and welcome to the Athletic Hockey Show, Mike Leg. What's going on? How's it going, guys? Yeah, it's it's going going good. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, interesting nowadays with all the all the hype on the grass and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Back into the mix uh, again. Yeah, name gets brought up a little <laughs> <bit> more now. <laughs> okay, so. Let's start with this because this was my my rant last week was I wish this was called the Mike leg or the leg or the leg up or so, something. What <laughs> happened here? Do you feel like you're you're being sold short when people call it the Michigan or the lacrosse goal? <laughs> you know what? Actually, today, I, I yeah, I'm kind of feeling that because <laughs> more and more and more people are telling me that. So I'm like. Yeah, maybe all this time I'm like, you know what? I, it's it's awesome, right? Give the give the props, and it's the it's the Michigan. It's that's just fine. And then you know, close circle of friends are like, no, no, wait a minute. They call it the Forsberg. They you know, and what should be called the leg? And I don't know. Till right now, till today, with you guys, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to change it now. It's like giving yourself a nickname. You can't really do that. <laughs> I guess, but like you could always like trademark it in some way. I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess that kind of leads into the next point I was going to say. Like, what do you think of all the, the different nicknames that are out there? You mentioned some of the other ones like the Forsberg and all that, but that's for a different move. But like at one point before we were calling it the Zegras, we were calling it the Sveshnikov or now yeah. we're calling it the what, what Zegras ended up doing with the with the flip behind the net. Some Ooh. people are calling it the dish again. Like, what do you think of all these creative nicknames? <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of neat how this is all coming back around, and I'm involved with it, and, and it's it's lots of fun for me. And uh, yeah, I love seeing all the all the new stuff, and and uh, yeah, I guess if my phone still rings, I guess I'm involved with it somehow. So that's still still kind of cool, but. <laughs> yeah, I just love all the all the new stuff going on, and the All Star Game with what Zagras did was. Oh, it was fantastic. Great to see. It just evolves, evolves, evolves. So, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. W- w- you never tried it blindfolded, though, did you? No. No blindfolded. No, no. I'm, I've am i been asked already, can can you do that? Let's try it. So I'm just like, 
I don't know. Maybe. Let's let's get after it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's good. Um, yeah. Did you ever like like why did you ever so I, I'm curious with when you actually did the move in, in college, like yeah. How did you have the courage to do that? Like, what made you want to do that? Like, where did you see it? Like, how did you get up the idea to do it? Yeah, it was so it was like, I think I was in my first year of Michigan or just going into Michigan. And there was a there was a guy in London, Ontario, uh, Billy Armstrong. And uh, we, all of all of us kids kind of growing up and we kind of knew the name and we had this. It was like a minor pro skate and um of course, at that age, I didn't have enough courage to go and talk to really anybody. And and we kind of, I just kind of kept an eye on them. And it was a warm up before we started the scrimmage and just go around and take shots. And I just kind of kept my eye on him. And he was down the other end and he, and he picks this puck up. And I was like, I don't have the courage to go and talk to him and see what he did. So in my mind, I just started thinking, okay, how did he do that? What just happened there? And Afterwards, thinking about it and trying it and kind of incorporating into the game of, oh, okay, you know, usually like back in the day, the wraparounds just low, beat the goalie to the low corner. And when you ever watch those, the goalie has to push off and just quickly get over and cover that bottom. And then you see this big gaping hole up above them. I'm like, "Eh, let's try to put it up in there. (laughs) We'll know what hit them. So it was just like, one of those things you practice, 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 practice. And uh, it just, it just came about that way. And I would, I would be at Michigan. And of course we'd have all this extra ice time and stuff after practice, not during practice when coaches are trying to teach you something. I got to bring that up because I've been in a lot of trouble with a lot of coaches with kids don't know how to skate. They don't know how to shoot a puck, but you know, they're eight years old and they're trying to pick up the Michigan or the Mike Leg and the Zagrass or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so I get a little bit of earful, like, why'd you do that? I can't shoot the puck properly. So I remember at Michigan, just practice, practice, practice. And Red Berenson, uh, my coach is sitting over there and there was about three or four of us on the ice with the goalie and practice behind the net and go all the way around or come in on a shootout and do one of these or spin around us and throw it at him. And, and he comes by and he just, you know, straight faced. He just says, is that legal? <laughs> I was like, mm, yeah, yeah. I asked the referees <laughs> and stuff. And he just didn't even smile. He's like, well, why don't you do it in a game? And he skated off the ice. And I'm like, Oh, Oh my God. Okay. All right. We're coming into playoffs. So I'm like, don't even, no, 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 no. Playoffs, get it out of your head. Don't even think about it. And then it just presented itself where I was just following up the play in behind and Johnny Madden got tackled and I kind of just pulled it behind the net to look. And yeah, that game was, uh, we were just getting completely dominated. Uh, Marty Turco standing on his head and I remember sitting on the bench, just we're all like, we need something. We need like a big hit, big play, something, something to change the game. And that just presented itself. And it kind of was like, okay, we tied it up 2-2. Let's carry on. And we ended up, of course, winning that game and then go on to win the national championship. So kind of got a little bit more steam, of course, with those those two things going on. But yeah, that's how it kind of kind of came about. <laughs> You know, you, you mentioned Marty Turco's name, and I'm curious as you talk about practices. Now, what happens in a practice if you because tr- you're trying this move in practice? What's Marty Turco saying to you when you're pulling this stuff? 
<laughs> that's a that's yeah that's a good question i remember i was i was trying to do it on marty and if if you do get it, you're going to receive a slash or a puck you know he can shoot the puck pretty good so you can't get too far away from him before he's rifling pucks at you um if you do put it in and uh i just had a we we're just practice another one as a as a two-on-one coming in your off wing uh, shooting from the instead of shooting from the center and holding that defenseman in the middle, he's supposed to cover the backdoor pass. Instead of shooting from inside, you spin around and you fire it from a different angle on the goalie. And I remember doing that once on Marty, and yeah, the pucks <laughs> pucks were flying. It's <laughs> pucks were flying. Yeah, I was lucky. He was bobbing and ducking, and like, he was giving it to me. But yeah, it was it was all in fun. <laughs> you you got so we all know about the one game that obviously made you famous. Did you ever get mm-hmm. to do that move again at, at any point in your pro career? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I there's a couple a couple little ones were uh, I did it in Finland in the elite league over there. It was on a on a power play. It was more of a I was in the corner and there was uh was playing with uh it was another import from Russia and he was like, do the move, do the move. And we're passing it back and forth on the sidewall. He goes, you go down low and I'm, I'm receiving this puck and yelling back. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And he's passing it back to me. And he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go do the goal. So I skated across the goal line with the puck as he skated and sort of threw it in. And he was like, I told you, you should do your goal. <laughs> and then, uh, the roller, roller hockey one too was, uh, it didn't go in, and it was mayhem after that. Yeah, there was uh, the two two coaches. My roller hockey coach was uh, Alan May, and the other coach was uh, Mr. McSorley. So two tough contenders, and I guess I had a bounty on my head if I was to do that because I did it earlier in the year with roller hockey. So <laughs> I came came around and put it in the goalie's chest and he kind of looked up at me and went, no, did one of these and looked at the next guy coming. First guy breaks the stick on me. And it was just, it was, it was (laughs) mayhem. It was pretty funny. (laughs) So man, so that, I mean, that's happening in, in, in roller hockey. Uh, But for the rest of your collegiate career, the rest of your career, was that a talking point with opponents before? Like did anybody in a pregame skate, you know how you guys often meet at center ice can you walk us through? Did guys like legit threaten you with don't pull that stuff in the game tonight, or you're gonna you're gonna wear this one in in the you're gonna have my my stick's gonna be in your teeth or something like that? Yep, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. I'd be yep. Could be could be a game just sitting there lining up, and it, we haven't even you know right starting face off, and then I look over and here's you know six foot six, two hundred and forty pounds. He's looking at me and. He's giving me a tap. He goes, you try that, and that's why I'm going to be on you all night. I will pick you up and throw you in the 10th row. And, of course, I'm like, yeah, you definitely could do that. You're a monster. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was always, always there. And, uh, yeah, we – we had some guys that would stick up for me and stuff like that. And in the olden days, olden days, I guess you can call it that now hockey. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like yesterday, but yeah, it was more, uh, yeah, they, I, you get threatened all the time. 
all the time. You do that, I'm going to break your arms. Like what? You do? You end up doing one of the coolest <laughs> plays, like, and obviously it's legacy is enduring. And like, like, like we obviously we like hockey. We like seeing that skilled stuff. It just yeah. always blows my mind whenever we see that stuff on the on the ice. And the next thing we're thinking is, oh well, you know, if you do that again and make us look stupid, we're going to slash you in the ankles. Like, that's yeah. so stupid. <laughs> It's great. It's crazy, right? Like, I look. I look at it now, and I think that that might be a bit of the 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 change in all what is going on and the talent and the kids trying it. Nobody's threatening their life. I didn't. I, I don't. I don't see it that much. You might get one guy going like, "Don't try it against us." I'm gonna rip your head off. But I don't. I never saw any of the videos that followed whoever pulled it off. That what happened right after that you know you see a lot of i guess a lot of people tweeting in or commenting in on all these uh, on zagrass's goal and oh i would have taken his teeth out or i would have done this and that and yeah it doesn't happen really that much anymore right it's it's the two guys who make a point of the two tough guys on the team and you don't take liberties on the other players anymore that much like it's kind of going to the wayside and all this skill is coming in and the talent and the tricks and all that kind of stuff, which is, I love, I love that part, but I do love the other side of it too. Right. You gotta, you gotta keep in check. Like I always, you grow up and embarrassing. Like if, if I did that goal and it was, you know, nine one and I made it 10 one with that, what am I doing? I, I don't like that. I don't like that. I would never do that. I understand. You know, play firefighter hockey now, and I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I don't. You know, guys are like, "Oh, you're gonna do the do that." Nah, I don't know. No. <laughs> no, we don't need to do that. <laughs> so yeah, it's just a funny, funny thing in time. I think for myself to kind of be coming through that and see that now. It's been I don't know what is it, 20, 26 years or something like that, or twenty five years that that happened and then the wave of skill and stuff coming in and it's it's awesome i i love love seeing all this stuff it's great it's great everybody picking it up a little bit different scooping it up under the puck rather than picking it up and and crosby had a backhand one and all this all this new stuff coming in i was like i want to i want to want to like a the touchdown pass like a defenseman on the breakout pick it up behind the net and throw it to a guy breaking through the middle and he catches it, puts it down for a breakaway. I was like, yeah. <laughs> God, it would be so sick if that happened in an NHL game. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty neat. I think it's still still evolving. I'm sure there's some kids out there right now. And I learned it at, uh, shoot, I must have been 15, 16 when I started trying that. And now even my, my boy at 10 is picking up the puck. I'm like, what? That's my move. Do, do something else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, has have you showed your son? Like, does your son know the legend of the the the, the play you pulled off against Minnesota? Um, in the house, I have monitors set up, and it just is on repeat all the time. So he's got. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Watch this! This is your yeah. dad. No, just get in his head. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh. A, a little bit, a little bit. They haven't even been been back to uh, Michigan yet. I know we were, had the COVID stuff coming in, so we were thinking about going back and making. So that'll that'll be a trip, and it's 
Uh, they, 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 I think they find it pretty funny. A couple like the, uh, the video, the video game they had, the, that my move was in, they came to the house and the movie crew and they did the clips and all this kind of stuff. And they were in the house and at the rink. And so they came home from school kind of like, and they got in, got in some of the video that they were taking that they were going to edit and all this. And well, it was kind of eye opening for them a little bit as it was coming in and, you know, two daughters and a son and they're, you know, as they're walking up the cul-de-sac and <laughs> her house and they're like, a lot of big trucks in here and what are they doing? You know, all these people in my house. And <laughs> yeah, it was pretty neat for them to see that. So yeah, I don't make them really watch it that much. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Do you yeah. have the original twig for, from the original goal you scored the original stick? Um, no, it's in the hockey hall of fame, I think. Well, I mean, there's no other better place to have it there. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean? Wait, what do you mean? I think it's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> back this up. What do you mean? I think it's in the Hall of Fame. Weird flex, but okay. Yeah. 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 Like, eh. <laughs> I, guess, I guess it goes in waves where they, I, I haven't even talked to anybody there forever. So it's, it's there and they, it's like on a revolving type thing where they'll bring it out for maybe a year and then put it away or six months and then they just change things up. That's the way I understand it, but I, I don't have my twig. It's I supposed to be there. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Yeah. At least it's somewhere. At least it's yeah. like yeah. not like rotting away in your garage. Could you imagine you score a goal <laughs> like that that has been seen like the world over, especially in the hockey world, and then you just like answer this question. It's like, oh, it's in my garage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, kids are there playing street hockey with it or something. Yeah. Oh so. my god! <laughs> hey, man. The, I need to yeah. borrow the stick just yeah. like your kid takes it. <laughs> the blades like this thin. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I I gotta ask you too because I know that look look you, you even talked about you took some flack here in North America about that goal and you had some threats kind of made at you uh, on the ice and you, you even the the roller hockey thing. I read a really cool story about how you went overseas, and I think it was to Sweden. Mm-hmm. Shortly thereafter, you scored this goal. Could you maybe walk us through and our listeners through what happened to you when you you were almost treated like this this like hockey royalty when you went over to Sweden uh, about a year after scoring that goal? Yeah, yeah, that was that was amazing. It was like a it was a quick in quick like it was like three or four days just nonstop, and that was. I don't know. I still felt out. I think it was a maybe a junior in college, but still like traveled there by myself. And I met up with some um, like some Toronto reporters, uh, Anders Ericsson, uh, Nicholas Lidstrom. They all kind of took me under their wing a little bit. And it was um, it was the most amazing, I think, award ceremony that I've been a part of. Just crazy. Swedish party it was this um it was an award ceremony but then it was like a it was like a showcase of all new equipment on like all the models of Sweden so they'd have an award and then they'd showcase like these new shoulder pads and it was like a runway and back in and I'm like and it's all in Swedish so I'm I'm 
you know, just sitting at the side with, you know, a couple of the guys looking up at the show going on and award, award, award. And then probably about halfway through and they announce, uh, I just hear my name. And then these people here just cheer, start cheering. And I'm like, I didn't even see a video. I think that was my name. I'm like sitting off to the side and, uh, yeah, and then she said the lady that was um, commentating and or hosting it. She says, um, "Yeah, we uh, says it all in English. This is this is the goal of the year. Do you want to see it? It's Mike Legg, and she points over to me, and I'm like, "What?" And this big screen comes down. It's like a hundred foot by hundred foot big screen on the stage, and I'm like looking. They show the goal. It goes crazy. She calls me up and. I guess over there, she used to do, um, uh, she'd have athletes there that she'd do interviews with, but over there, she'd do them in the sauna. And I'm like, it's so good looking what? lady. She's up there. Yeah. So I guess it was her show would have these athletes and they'd go in the sauna. They'd be wearing towels and then she'd do this interview with them. And, and so she was a big hit over there. So I get up there and um, she starts interviewing me. Oh, you're going to college. And she's kind of playing to the crowd a little bit now. And I, and she's kind of looking me up and down and she stops the interview like, Oh, how old are you? And I was like, uh, like what's going on here? <laughs> you're not going to pull a sauna out here or anything, but I'm like, Oh, so nervous. And, and then, uh, yeah, she starts into this interview and asks me, you know, are you single and doing this kind of stuff? And the crowd is like, ah, yeah, I'm going crazy. And I'm like, um, yeah, uh, you know, feeling now, feeling a little bit confident. And at the end of the interview, uh, she goes, you guys want to see the goal again? And here you go. And she goes, you're just too cute. And she kisses me on stage. And I was just like, you know, I was wow. like, but she was so so awesome with it just playing to the crowd and stuff and like her and her fiance we went out after and nicholas lidstrom and we had just a, a great time and wait wait like, wait time out time out time out time out time yeah. out did you just say fiance she they had a fiance and she still kissed you yeah what yeah it's, yeah oh it's europe <laughs> Huge dude. I don't know. Man. It was huge. I was like, I am, Yo. <laughs> I'm not going to make it out of Sweden here. I'm like, what's going on here? I met this guy, nicest guy. He's like, yeah, whatever. It's like, oh, okay, man. All right. <laughs> Just, yeah, that was an uh, experience for sure. I was like, a little bit open. A little bit open. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it was, yeah. <laughs> for for, but, for uh, sure. That, that party it was like the whole side of the wall opens up and it was attached to a club that was another like there was a whole party going on over there and it was uh yeah it was unbelievable it was unbelievable they toured around with all those with the crew that was there like yeah nicholas lidstrom like i'm still like man took me under his wing and hung out we had dinner and yeah it was fantastic it was awesome awesome trip yeah I wanted to know, uh, I know we kind of spoke earlier about how it seems as if nowadays whenever people do the move, it's a bit more celebrated than if we were to see it in a game where 
back in your time, at least, people would be a lot more combative if you did it. Do you think – I'm just curious. Why do you think it's taken us so long? Obviously, that, that attitude being there helps it. But, like, why do you think it took so long for us to go from a point where, like, doing a move like that should be seen as, like, for lack of a better term, a bad thing – to now where we're seeing Andrei Sveshnikov do something similar, where we're, we're, we're seeing players at the NHL level try to do it. We're seeing player, players in junior do it every so often and, and other parts of Europe as well. Why do you think it's taken so long between your goal and the current generation for us to see this creativity displayed so often? Yeah, I, you know what? That's a very, very interesting question for, for sure. I, man, um, I know it might have been a kind of a bit of a maybe a, a changing of the even coaching style and what their thought process was as you know some older coaches and and would maybe be like there's not a chance you kids are doing that in a game um, into you know the more evolving you know what if it's if it's there if you could do it show me if you could do it I want to learn more about it and then you know kind of kind of that presenting itself I think had maybe a little bit to do with it with the not getting your teeth put in the back of your head type thing and kind of a little bit of a mixture of, of those two things I think would um, I think there was a change there I think there was I think there was so yeah it was pretty it is it, there was a big wall right there was a big you know where's this gone where's this gone is anyone picking it up and and going with it so yeah it was that's what I I think would probably be the cause most of it but yeah the the changing of players too I could say like um as you're growing up and seeing that in the social media aspect of the side you can see all these guys that have their YouTube channels and have all this kind of stuff going on that Kids can take that at age six, five, four, whatever they want, and just start practicing it. Like, like I said, I don't think I I started when I was, you know, sixteen. That actual move to do that and lots of practice, but yeah, these kids get a you know maybe a fifteen year jump on me. <laughs> <laughs> did uh, I gotta ask you? Uh, Trevor Zegris did the play where he took the puck, put it on his uh, on the. Uh, the blade and kind of flipped it up over the net to his teammate, Sonny Milano. They uh, call it the Dishigan, having some fun with the assist there. Did did you ever mess around with that and try, you know what? What if I flipped it up over the net to a teammate who is sitting in the slot? Yeah, yeah. We would, uh, we'd, we'd throw it around and, and try to flip it up. And, you know, when the goalie's looking over his shoulder, just try to get it on the back so it trickles down under the crossbar and, it's already in the net. You can hardly feel it go in. And um, yeah, for them to like actually have those set plays are it's, it's pretty cool. Right. The other, he went right to the front of the net, choked up, wait for it to fall just enough. And yeah, seeing that video, their defensive zone coverage is just sick. It was, they had everybody right in front of the net and no, no threat until that happened. <laughs> what? Oh, huh. How do we how do we guard against this now? Like <laughs> put somebody behind the net? Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe I have to. I don't know. But yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. 
Um, so we know about how big of a viral sensation the Zegras goal ended up being. When you think of your goal, the leg, do you sometimes wish that like you would have scored that goal like now? And and how do you think things would have changed for your life if you ended up scoring that goal in the social in the social media age we're in now? Yeah, that's uh, you know when we when that happened and it's you know the grainy video. Even my kids get a kick out of that. The grainy video of like, was that really you? I can hardly see the you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's shoot, man. I like that's. Yeah, that would be be interesting. Interesting to see if it was it was a different time, like when when we went back for our uh, reunion at Michigan and we we did that shootout, the shootout. Um, that night, this is like the first time I'm like viral. You guys are like, oh, it's gonna go viral. Oh yeah, what is that? <laughs> what do you? You didn't what know you, what it I, meant. Yeah. yeah. What is, what is that? And they're like all night long. It's like, Oh, it's up to 600,000 views. And it's, Oh, it's up to 800,000 views. And I'm like, is that viral? Is that what's viral? A hundred thousand, 5,000. What? Or just online. Like I, I'm like, huh, cool. Right on. I know. Yeah. That was kind of a, and that wasn't that long ago either where, yeah, that one, that one was a, Amazing one too for the for the shootout with the Turco Turco and Morrison and myself. That was that was pretty fun. But they uh yeah, for the social media for me back then it was it was pretty funny. Those little stories that I have of us going on to the final four and we have a pregame skate, we come back, uh we're catching an elevator up to our room and there's there's the pizza guy. Delivering some pizzas, he looks over, he sees our jackets, and he's like, "Oh, you guys, Michigan? Are you are you one of those guys that did that thing with the puck that put it in?" And I'm like, what? "This is like like a week and a half ago, and some pizza guy is like, you know, a couple states over knows about it." And I'm like, "Mind blown on this." So, yeah, it would a uh, it would be interesting to see what would have happened if it was, you know, social media was pushed back in time. That would be interesting. <laughs> hey, Mike, as we, uh, as we wrap this up, we've re- this has been such a fun conversation. We probably kept you longer than we, we uh, oh. intended, but I want, I want to ask you here just to wrap it up. Um, you know, Julian just asked you about, Hey, what if you had scored the goal now with kind of social media and Instagram and Twitter? I want to know, what would you have been able to do? Like the NCAA has kind of relaxed some of its, uh, you know, draconian rules around athletes and their ability to promote themselves. If you had scored that goal and had the ability to kind of monetize it a little bit, what, what do you think you would have done to like, are we talking t-shirts? Are we talking like, what would you do to kind of try to, to cash in on this moment? If you could, as a student athlete. Yeah, that's pretty, I, <laughs> somebody was asking about that before, right? The, little bit relaxed on those uh things and you can kind of capitalize on it on your own on your own and uh yeah yeah that would be that would be interesting bobblehead probably first thing for sure yeah for sure absolutely (laughs) nice bobblehead with that arm going in like this or something but yeah yeah it was (laughs) it was uh yeah that's that's a good one yeah i haven't i haven't 
really thought about that one too much. Like, yeah, it's, it's good for them to see and, and, and brand that. Um, yeah, I guess in, in the big picture for me doing, doing that. And I say like, you, you practice something, practice something, practice something and you complete it. It's for me, it was like, a a kid practicing a wrist shot and he finally raised it into the top corner because he practiced, practice, practice. I'm like, it's like what I did done over with. Let's move on. What else are you going to do? Right. You can, you got that down. So let's, let's keep going. And, and I guess that's what, how it's evolving too. Right. They see this. Now everybody's scooping it up. Now everybody's putting it behind. Now they're making passes with it. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of, kind of evolving and going into that for myself to benefit from it. I've never even really thought about that. No, <laughs> I know, uh, I guess the rules back in the day were like, even going to um, Sweden, I guess it was the way I understood it was they could pay a certain amount and the award couldn't be over a certain amount. Um, it was all really restricted for that. So they gave me a, uh, in Sweden for the goal of the year, it was like a, it was like a hand painting. It was pretty big of me doing the goal by an artist over there. And it was, you know, all framed up. It was, it was really nice. Wow. Um, I think it's still in the mail coming over. I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's been like decades for this. It's taken a bit of time. Just send it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's pretty good. But yeah, that, that couldn't be the award couldn't be over a certain amount. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess nowadays that I think it's changed for that kind of thing. So yeah, I don't exactly know the rules for, for that, but it'd be interesting to, to dig into it and see what, what the players can, can benefit from and what those actual rules <laughs> rules are for winning awards like that. I, be interesting yeah yeah hey listen yeah. mike this, this has been fantastic and before i let you go uh, yeah. you've dropped you've dropped a couple of clues you said you've you know you got three kids you're in a firefighter <laughs> uh you know hockey league so maybe you could just fill us in like wh like what's day-to-day -day life for for mike leg now in in 2022 yeah yeah we uh uh lots of hockey Lots and lots of hockey. I'm um, coaching my boys team on a U11 team. I'm coaching a midget A1. It's a U18, triple uh, A team. And assistant coaching with a junior B team here in town and lots of development on that side of things. Um, daughter is um, playing top level soccer, 12 years old, doing awesome. And other daughters, volleyball, tennis. So super active wife's probably in the car right now, driving somebody somewhere. Um, oh my God. Yeah. She's, <laughs> you'll know how it is, right? Run the gauntlet all over the place and uh, yeah. get them, get them to do some uh, activities. And uh, yeah, that's our, that's our daily life. And uh, yeah. You know, Burnaby firefighter, very, very proud of that. Um, yeah, gives a little bit of, little bit of flexibility sometimes to, you know, meet all these requirements, <laughs> I guess you'd say. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's good. It's fun. It's busy. I, I love it. Love it all. Love it all. Love seeing the advancement of kids and uh, all that kind of stuff. Keep them busy, real busy. Yeah.
Well, hey, That's listen, good. with that busy schedule, we we can't thank you enough for carving out a little window with us. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, we appreciate you doing this, and I think a lot of our listeners are going to appreciate uh, this conversation. So thanks for this, Mike, and we'd love to connect with you down the road. That would be fantastic. Thanks so much for having me. It's great. It's great. <laughs> thank you. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, that listen, that was a ton of fun, wasn't it? Like, uh, yeah. uh Julie with, with Mike Legg, like he was fantastic. And you know, I'm always mindful when when you when when we reach out and Chris Flannery does such a great job as our producer, you know, reaches out to people and says, Hey, you know, probably hey, can I get can we get 15 or 20 minutes of your time? And you know, you're 30 plus minutes into the interview, and you're like, Man, I probably could ask him five or six more questions because he's so great. It's it's great when it feels like the time flies. Absolutely. I think we had a couple questions left on the cutting room floor, but like dude was just really yeah. fun, really, really engaging. And the whole, my biggest takeaway from it was just like, man, if he had like the foresight to just like make like shirts or trademark the leg or something like dude could be swimming in money, but like, dude, like seriously. And, I, and I'm glad I got to tell him this off air, like after we finished recording, if I'm Mike leg, considering what's going on with the goal right now, considering how people are talking about the Zegris and, and the Sveshnikov and all that next year's all-star game, Dude should be there. He should be like on the breakaway challenge with Trevor Zegris, like yeah. working on some move coming together. That's just a perfect way to provide an homage to the OG goal. Like, and plus we got to learn about how he ended up coming up with it himself. Like that's that's cool too. But if I'm Mike Legg, I'm doing everything I can to be at next year's All-Star game at the All-Star festivities. And I think it would totally. be a really cool moment for people to realize, like, wow, this is the guy who kind of paved the way for some of the talent that we're seeing right now. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, speaking of talent that we're seeing on display, uh, Canada, USA, uh, Monday evening, uh, about 11 p.m. Eastern time, uh, 8 a.m., uh, 8 p.m. Pacific time. It is, I think, one of the great rivalries in all of sports. In fact, I would argue, uh, Julian, I would put Canada, USA, women's <laughs> hockey Boy, near the top of the list in terms of best sports rivalries in the, of the 21st century, right? Like, I'll put it up against Red Sox, Yankees, or whatever wow. you know, whatever else you want to put in there. Give me Canada, USA, women's hockey. It's it's great. And there was a lot of chatter though this week after a Toronto Star column suggested I don't think women's hockey should be an Olympic and uh, Olympic event because there's only two countries that uh, that kind of seem to compete for the gold medal. The game hasn't grown. I think you saw the sort of um, fierce response to that article. A lot of people are really disappointed. Uh, I'm disappointed in that article because I think when you look at the way that the women's game has grown, um, like I looked it up, 
you know, that when Team USA and Canada played for the gold medal at the 2018 Olympics, at the time, Julian, it was the most watched late night program in the history of NBCSN. So that's insane. Th- that's insane. At the time, it was almost 4 million people. Uh, remember, this was late at night in Pyeongchang. This wasn't at a, in, a, in a favorable time slot. It was the most watched late night program in the history of NBC uh, Sports Network. And it makes you think that, think of the generation of young girls that have grown up wanting to be Cami Granado or Haley Wickenheiser or Jen Botterill or Hillary Knight. Like, it is the impact I don't think you can necessarily measure, but to say that they shouldn't be at the Olympics, I think it's going to end up being one of the highest rated events from this year's Olympics again, and that's why it should stay in the in the Olympic cycle. Yeah. I For me, when I saw that that article was going around, that wasn't even worth my time to consider. We know when it comes time for the Olympics, when it comes time for international competitions, when it's Canada against the United States, you know, especially in women's hockey, that's must watch. But I, I think what's cool now is like bit by what what's cool now, bit by bit, we're starting to see uh, more names pop up from other countries around yeah. like outside of Canada and the United States that are stepping up and are players to watch. Like you can even go to our, our Olympic hockey tiers for women's for women's players and you're seeing players from all these different countries who are considered to be elite or or bordering on household names and it's not just about the Sarah Filiers of the world anymore. We're going to get to a point where we're going to learn about players from Finland and other countries. Like I, I, and I think the idea that because of the fact that some of those other teams like Russia and Finland are not on the level of a United States or Canada and just thinking, well, you know what, because the game has not grown so much to a point where it's truly competitive, we need to stop women's hockey. I think that's just a BS way of thinking. And also for it seems to be consistent with the writer who feels as if this should not have been a thing from the 90s or whenever they were first writing about this. Yeah, I think it's important for the game of women's hockey to grow and for them to be able to get to a point where they can play uh, at the Olympics uh, is still a drink of true. I mean, look, we could talk about Canada, USA, that team that finishes in third place. That medal means everything to them. For people from their respective countries who see them do well, that might help them foster their interest into playing hockey. And as these federations get more money and put more money into into their programs, we can get to a point where that gap closes. Once upon a time, the men's game was enduring the same thing. You have to go back years and years ago, but it wasn't all the. I mean, it wasn't all the time we saw countries like Czech Republic, like Czechia. And 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 even Russia to a certain point too being dominant. Like it took them a while before they turned into yeah. the powers that they are today. You have to kind of sit through the progress before you can get to that point. So I just think that the take, I mean, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but we're also entitled to disagree with opinions as we see fit. I disagree with the opinion. And I think it's very short-sighted to just think that women's hockey doesn't belong. And just one more thought here to wrap this up. A bizarre sequence in the Canada uh, game, women's game against the Russian Olympic Committee Sunday evening, uh, Julian, where basically there was a, a couple of COVID-related uh, you know, issues with both teams. The Russian teams, uh, the Russian Olympic Committee, they didn't have all of their test results in. The Canadian players, uh, and I think they were very uh, you know, hesitant to get on the ice because, hey, we're waiting to see the Russian COVID test results before we take part in anything. And there was a cloud of uncertainty. And the and it was agreed upon that the players from both teams and the officials would wear 
basically like N95 masks, like KN95 masks, which are basically, it's almost impossible, I think, to be in a situation where you're exerting yourself physically and you're having a K95 mask on. Uh, they play, they played the first two periods with those on. The Russian uh, players took them off in the third period. But what a bizarre scene. Uh, boy, it felt like nothing said 2022, like watching an Olympic hockey game with these athletes playing with K95 masks on. There's there's a, also a part of me that, like, I, I got to see, like, some of the, like, you know, photos and whatever. There's a part of me that thought, you know, I kind of expected this to have happened, like, a lot sooner. Like, if you would have told me that we were going to, at the beginning of the pandemic, that, you know, we're going to be seeing, like, a, a, a game where players are going to wear masks against each other. And I don't mean, like, in baseball, where you have to be, like, in the outfield and you're wearing a mask. But I mean, like, everyone yeah. on both sides wearing a mask. And it would be like, that's happening in 2022. I'd be like, really? It took us that long to get there? But, like, it was just such a weird scene to see. I still think it's very weird, the fact that the Russian Olympic Committee, there was all this weirdness about supposedly about submitting tests for the COVID tests that they were taking on their players and, and Canada just kind of, you know, waiting in the locker room, just waiting to see how that was going to play out. I don't know if that should have been a thing at all. I just think that's <laughs> super weird. Um, but it's, 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 we're just in weird times. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's probably the best way to, to, to wrap it up. We're just in weird times. Couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. Hey, want to wrap up the podcast, the Monday edition, uh, uh, Julian, as we always do with a little multiple choice madness. So I'm going to throw a couple of questions at you. Now, you said that you never saw what Alex Petrangelo did in the right. shootout. Uh, he just like vaguely pointed at Carrot Top and then it was really, it was lame. And it was a, like a marching band with, <laughs> with LED lights. I Anyway, that's about all I can do to describe it. Now, I need to ask you, did you see any of the highlights of what Jack Hughes, Kirill Kaprizov, or Alex DeBrincat did. I caught up and watched those, yes. Okay. So here's our first question for multiple choice uh, madness. So if we remove Trevor Zegers' dodgeball attempt, uh, who do you give the highest points to for creativity for what they did in the shootout challenge on Friday night? Is it A, Jack Hughes with the magic trick where he had the little mini-me pop out of the, uh, the box and come and take a breakaway attempt? Was it B, Kirill Kaprizov? With an ode to his hero, Alexander Ovechkin, even had the Gatorade, the yellow laces, uh, all of that. Or see, Alex DeBrincat going full Allen from the hangover and uh, getting a little assist from uh, Vegas Raiders quarterback Derek Carr. So if we're going to go for points for creativity, where do you go? Hughes, Kaprizov, or DeBrincat? Man, that's really tough. Uh, I, I I think I might have to pick Alex to break it. I think just going full Vegas with that, like that is creative. Like that is cool. Like the nod to the hangover. The second and third movies were not that great. The first one, while some of the language used in it uh, does not age well, uh, overall a pretty decent comedy film. Uh, but I think it was still a pretty cool gesture on the part of to break it to kind of bring homage to that. Slight bias on my part because I do like Alexander Ovechkin as a player. I really wanted to say B because I really liked what Kirill Kaprizov yeah. did. But I also think Jack Hughes deserves a ton of credit for what he was able to do with the mini Jack as well. Like, that was fun. Those are three legitimately cool options. But I'm going to say C, Alex it. And what's weird is that none of these ones won. It was nope. Alex Petrangelo with the least amount of creativity. You know what? I love Jack Hughes. I think... Him, what I loved about the, the the magic trick is, hey, like it's it's magic, right? So again, you're kind of leaning into the Vegas theme. But what I loved is, you know, he skated around the box three times really quick to kind of, you know, do the, do the trick. But I love the end when him and the mini-me 
threw their sticks into the crowd. Because when I think of the best That's great. celebrations of goals of the, this hockey season, I don't think anything touches Jack Hughes throwing his stick into the stands after that overtime goal back in whatever that was, October, November. It was so cool. I loved it. I just thought it was so cool to do that. So that 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 one got my vote. You know what's the best part about that celebration too? Of the one that Jack Hughes did in that game? Uh, I think the last time I was on the podcast, we talked about it. And I think Trevor Zegers tried to do the same thing too. Was yes. it Trevor Zegers who did it? Yeah. And yeah. he got a game misconduct yeah, for it. Did, the right. best part exactly. about it is that Jack Hughes did not get a game misconduct right. for it, which is still one of the most ridiculous things we have seen all year. Do not let any of the other foolishness go on this season. Let that bury it. Like that is still whack on the part of the NHL that they would put a penalty for throwing a stick into the in, into the crowd. It's a fun. I mean, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, I guess. But it was still a really fun thing, and I'm glad that Jack Hughes was able to uh, put on for everybody and, and do that move. Okay, last question to wrap up the podcast. I want to fill our listeners in on this, okay? So Ottawa Senators forward Connor Brown is returning to the lineup on Monday after missing the last couple of weeks with a broken jaw. Uh, He suffered the broken jaw after he took a puck in the face that rang off the crossbar during a pregame skate in Calgary back in January. That shot came off the stick of Thomas Shabbat. And yesterday, Julian... Uh, Connor Brown said, to say sorry, Thomas Shabbat bought him a Louis Vuitton backpack to say, hey, sorry, man, my bad for shooting the puck that hit off the crossbar that deflected off that and found your jaw and broke it. So here's my question. Should a teammate be obligated to buy a gift to say sorry when the puck deflects off something else and then hits his friend? So I can understand that, listen, if you take a shot and hits a guy square in the in the face, I get it. But what if that shot hits off the crossbar, hits off another guy's stick, hits off the stanchion, the glass, something? So what do we think? A, yes, you know what? When that happens, it's the right thing to do. Or B, no, it's a total accident, and you should only be obliged to buy something if the puck directly hits your teammate off your stick. That's a really interesting question. I yeah. I, I like the gesture. Uh, I like the idea of getting a Louis Vuitton bag just yeah. you know, as a backpack. Like I'm just picturing in my head like, walking around with an LV backpack like that sounds pretty dope uh I'm just gonna say yes I guess because like I mean I don't know I don't like the idea that like man like you you hit someone and it's like man you have to do this like you should you shouldn't do it because of the fact that it's like this custom or whatever you should feel out of the goodness of your heart that you did something wrong or you did something even by accident and you realize man like I I hurt this person like I'm sorry here's something that to to make it make you feel better the one thing I'm just worried about is like what if like that happens again and depending on like the 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 gift that they give the second time like what if somebody starts getting all nitpicking they start saying you got this guy an LV uh, backpack. How come I only got a Birkin bag? Like, I actually, you know what? Birkin might be more expensive. I don't yeah. know. But, like, what if we get to a point where people start measuring gifts? Like, that's the one thing you have to worry about. But otherwise, I think it's a it's a pretty cool gesture to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, you, imagine you get, like, a $30 gift card to Starbucks or something. You'd be like, I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's not quite cutting it. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think if, hey, if if you feel like it's the right thing to do, go ahead and do it. Okay, but let, let me let me wrap up by asking you this question then. Okay. If you knew that you you had to take a puck off the face, but it ended up with you getting a Louis Vuitton backpack, do you say yes or no? Okay. Um hear me out here. Myself and my current incarnation of myself, someone who works at the athletic, making the salary that I make, I would think about it. 
As an NHL player, if I'm making at least six, seven figures, no, I do not want to puck off the face. I'll just buy the bag myself. That's also something else you have to think about, too. Say you're a four-flying guy like a tweener. You're making, like, AHL money. Yeah. Like, what gift do you have to get? Like, you might have to be cool with a $100 gift card to Boston Pizza, depending on who you get in that money from. Oh, yeah. Here, here's 100 bucks to Applebee's. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'll pay or I'll pay for dinner on the, when we're on the road or something. I mean, the guy like Thomas Shabbat's making the money that he's making. Like, yeah, he can afford to buy a, a Louis Vuitton bag. I, I don't know if um, uh, if Patrick Sealoff is still playing anywhere, or how old he is. But, like, I don't think that guy made that much money in the NHL. If he was in a situation like that, like, what is he getting? What are you getting? Like, is he buying AirPods? I don't think he, Patrick. It's it's weird that you bring that up. Patrick Sailhoff's the guy who knocked out Clark MacArthur in an inner squad game, oh, and I that don't was think him. Yeah, and I don't think he got him anything. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even yeah. realize that. How random is that? Maybe that was planted in your head because you knew there was something involving Patrick Sailhoff and uh, and a teammate. And by the way, for the record, I am way too soft. I would not take a puck off the face for anything less than like a small vehicle. <laughs> is it like depending on how much the bag is. Actually, how much is the bag? I'd like to know how much the bag is because if it's like a hundred bucks or if it's like a couple hundred bucks, then maybe it's not worth it. If it's like in the tens or twenties or thirties. Actually, you know what? Don't give me the bag. Give me cash instead. Oh. Give me the cash. cash. Yeah. You might as well do it. Give me the cash. <laughs> All I can think of is the Randy Moss straight cash, homie. I Straight cash, that. homie. That's Straight one of my all time favorite clips. Ain't done but 10 grand. <laughs> Ain't You've got the moss. You got the moss oh, yeah. nailed down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, they got him when he was like walking to his car, right? Like for that, yeah. that clip. He's got like his hood on and everything. Just like, yeah. Like, don't like strike cash, homie. He's like, ain't number 10 grand. Like, who cares? And he did that for like, uh, what, like mooning? That's what he did. Like the, he mooned the crowd at Lambeau it, Field. Is it, that, was Lambeau, that what that was for? I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Randy, how'd you pay the fine? Straight cash, homie. By the way, yeah. as we wrap this up, our producer Chris Flannery is telling us the Louis Vuitton, and I don't know where Chris is getting this from. Is he going to Amazon? Is he just googling it? He's saying ballpark Louis Vuitton backpack twenty five hundred dollars. So okay, 2000, then no two thousand five hundred dollars. Okay, no, I can't. No, that's not enough. If it's like so, twenty five thousand, then like maybe, but like twenty. So no. you're like me. You're looking for vehicle money. Yeah, look, yeah I mean, okay. look, so we're not that different. Off the face, that's yeah. that hurts. Hey. Like think, I've, I've had, I've had a soccer ball hit me in the face, and that hurts. And I got that was for free. Like a, a puck? No way. Yeah, I'm out. I'm with you. Hey, listen, man. This hour and change flew by. This was a ton of fun. Uh, thanks so much for for pinch hitting here. I know you got a loaded schedule where you're on different podcasts and you're you know you're working with us at the Athletic. So finding a little bit of time for this Monday, man, this was uh, this was great. Ian, uh, I have all the time in the world for you and the show. You know, just just let me know uh, when you want me to hang out again. Yeah, listen, Let's we'll do, do that. We'll do that for sure. And thanks everybody for listening to this latest Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. Uh, follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a li- uh, rating and review. You know, we would certainly uh, appreciate that. You can subscribe to the Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that's where you can get all of our bonus content from our entire library. You'll start with a 30-day free trial, and then it's just 99 cents a month after that. Right now, an annual subscription to the Athletic. It's just $3.99 a month when you visit athletic.com slash hockey show.
Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.